cousin is up to right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hello everyone. Welcome to ATL Sports HQ Live, episode 16 already. The show for the fans, by the fans. I'm ATL Phil. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore ATL Phil. What's going on, y'all? I'm uh, Derek Clemens. You can follow me on Twitter at Derek Clemens. My name I'm is Brandon Anderson. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, I'm Ryan Miller. You can follow me on Twitter, underscore rmiller30. I'm Brett Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore A27. Definitely, uh, make sure you guys check out the site. Go to atlsportshq.com, and we got plenty there for you guys to read. Uh, make sure you subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes, everywhere we are. Uh, like us and subscribe on YouTube. Check out Game Time Radio on Sundays. Check out everything we have to offer. We got some big, brave stuff coming up from uh, from Bob. He has some really good stuff on the way. So make sure you guys check that out. But let's get right into it. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they started the week off pretty poorly. They lost three straight after their great road trip. They finally got back on the winning track the other day against the Lakers. But first, Jeremy Lin was bought out and moved on to Toronto, which leaves us with basically no point guards but Jalen Adams was our two-way and he's converted to a regular contract so that takes care of that situation um what does this mean for the Hawks because Jalen Adams is still injured and for all intents and purposes he's a he's a G League guy so he's not Jeremy Lin so what, what does that leave us moving forward Derek I mean, I just it's just more playing time for uh, Trey Young. He gets to showcase his talent even more and with more minutes. And we actually get to see a lot of what he can do. And, I mean, he's been showing it on the court. I mean, there's obviously going to be struggles because you don't have that guy to come in and back you up. But, I mean, DeAndre uh, Bembry has stepped up pretty big when he has played the backup point guard position. So I think we'll see a lot of him at the point guard position. And it seems like everybody's moving up. We got Vince Carter running the three now and then Baysmore more at the two. And then so we're seeing other guys get to take care of the ball. And, I mean, buying out Jeremy Lin was the right thing to move, to do because, I mean, we're not going out there to lose. But, you know, the front office has to put you in situations that you're going to probably end up losing a lot of games. Yeah, and it was a little weird, though, because there was a rumor that uh, Jeremy Lin last Friday after the trade deadline said that he wanted to go somewhere where he would get more minutes. He's not going to get more minutes up there until to in Toronto backing up um, Kyle Lowry, but he is in a better winning situation where he can be used more effectively and more efficiently. Uh, what, what do you think about this situation, Brett? Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of a win-win because we get to see Trey Young play a little bit more. And for Jeremy Lin, like, you get to the point of his career where now he's probably looking to win and not just be a – I mean, he really – he was a good mentor for Trey Young, but he's looking more now to go where he can win, have an opportunity to win and be a place – like you said, I think he'll play as many minutes with Toronto. But but all for the Hawks side, it's going to be a committee trying to fill his role because he was a very valuable piece off the bench and – like you said, Jalen Allen is still hurt, so it's going to be a committee of see Bembry play some point guard. Baysmore probably get a little bit of action at point guard, but yeah, then you get to see Trey on like Coach Pierce had earned some more minutes and to see what he can do. And be pretty excited to see what he does at 38 minutes like he did on Monday night or Tuesday night when we play the Lakers Tuesday night and see what he can do. 
Yeah, now tonight he's only at 14 minutes so far at halftime. But that, that's because it, it's been a weird game so far, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But what do you, what do you think about this, Ryan? Uh, you talking about tonight? No, about uh the Jeremy Lin buyout situation. Yeah, I, I think for the future standpoint, it was probably best to buy him out just so we can see more of the young guys come in and play uh, the rest of the season. Um, like uh, Brett and Derek said, you'll see. Um, Adams, probably Bazemore play a little bit as point guard, and uh, Bembry as well. I mean, you'll, you'll see some weird rotations, I'm assuming, moving forward, especially since Vince Carter uh, has a couple – or had last game playing three. Um, I think Lloyd Pierce is just going to start moving players around just to see what they can do. Yeah, I just – with with Trey Young being a rookie, I still – I don't want him playing more than about 32 or 33 minutes a game. I think you're doing more harm than good if you're just dangling him out there like that. He still needs to – be accountable and really feel like there's some pressure on him to make sure that he's playing the right way, playing good. And also you don't want him to get in foul trouble and you don't want his turnovers. You don't want him to start having like five, six turnovers a night because if, if you extrapolate his numbers and you, if you take him from 30 minutes to like 38, he'll be averaging around five um, turnovers a game. But speaking of Trey Young, he's really moving up the ladder in total assists in the NBA. Right now he's up to the fourth spot behind Ben Simmons, um, Joe Holiday, and Russell Westbrook. So that's a very good spot for him to be. Yes, he's played in every single game so far this season, which is another thing that should be applauded. As much as he um, draws contact, he gets to the line, and as small as his frame is as a rookie, that's, he's really durable to have played and started in every single Hawks game this season. But really, um, how just – how good is Trey Young's passing ability, and how impressive is this for him to be this high in the NBA already, uh, Brett? It's extremely impressive, especially when you look at the surrounding cast compared to the first three. I mean, Drew Holiday's got Anthony Davis, but other than that, there's really too much around him. But let's see what Trey Young's working with. And I mean, not the bash on any of the players, but like we don't have another Paul George or like Westbrook guys. We don't have one of those type of players that you can just kick it out to. But um, it's impressive. He's set up all the players for um, their best possible look they can get. Like John Collins, he's turned into a quality three-point shooter, especially from the corner. And it's as a rookie, it's something that like you we have seen seen in a long time since I think with Mark Jackson average uh, same amount of assists as rookie year. But I think, but it's unpre- extremely impressive, and it kind of kills the look of hype a little bit. That's a good thing for me. Yeah, I really think once we get some shooters and a big man in here down low, Trey Young will average 10, 12 assists for many, many, many years to come. Uh, what, what do you think, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really impressive. I mean, it just shows how good his passing ability really is. And I mean, he's just making his teammates better. And that helps in recruiting because, I mean, shooters, they pay attention to that. Uh, Trey Young finds a way to get his guys open. And, I mean, he's doing it with people that you obviously don't see as – the highest talent in the NBA. And I mean, he's still making them and putting them in positions to make them look better even sometimes. So, I mean, it's just great to see. And I mean, it's really impressive what he's doing. And I mean, I think he's going to continue to get better and it's really going to be effective when his shots continues to start falling at a consistent rate. And another thing the Hawks haven't had in a long time, Trey Young already says he's going to be out there trying to recruit people and letting them know how he can get them the ball. 
So that that's something to look forward to within the next coming uh, years in free agency. We might be able to become a, a free agent destination because, you know, the problem, everybody wants to, everybody loves the city of Atlanta. If you're an NBA player or any kind of athlete or any kind of person with any kind of common sense, you love the uh, city of Atlanta and would love to be in the city of Atlanta. It's just other factors that have always held us back. But what, what do you think about Trey Young, Ryan? I think uh, his passing ability, uh, when, uh, come draft night, everyone's talking about his shooting, his three-point shot. Um, I think it fell under the radar for a little bit until the season started. He was able to show the ability for the pass. Um, he's been a very uh, – for a rookie, I think it's like two-to-one turnover to uh, assist rate. And for a, a rookie point guard, I think that's amazing. Um, and I think I saw in the stats, he was like a couple hundred minutes behind, but like 40 less assists than the second place guy. So I, I think that's incredible. It just shows how much he's doing for the Hawks right now. Yeah, I really think we have a we have a gem on our hand. Uh, don't, don't, tell twi- don't tell Twitter that. They'll just bring up his shooting percentage, which honestly isn't even that bad. He's back up to 30% from three. Uh, point guards in the league aren't shooting 30% from three right now, but hey, it is what it is. Let Twitter talk. <laughs> and Lucas numbers aren't even that much better, but hey, they just that rough stretch that he did had at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah they don't they don't want to hear that though. You know, he's a bust. So. <laughs> um, the Hawks finally got back to winning Tuesday night against LeBron and the Lakers uh, after coming home. From a beautiful four wins and three loss uh, road trip where the Hawks looked like a borderline playoff team in the East. They came home and got blown out by Toronto after an amazing first half where they looked like the Warriors. And then they just got shell-shocked by Charlotte from start to finish. Charlotte put up 46 points in the first quarter. Kimball Walker did whatever he wanted to do. Coach Lloyd Pierce after the game said, Kemba didn't even feel us. Uh, that was a very bad showing. And then um, the very next night, Orlando came in and curb stomped us. I'm glad I decided to sell my ticket for that one at the last minute. They came in and absolutely destroyed us Sunday night. That Orlando did that in twice in two weeks now. But finally, Tuesday night, we got it going. We got it done in the fourth quarter. Or more, more so, the Lakers didn't get it done in the fourth quarter. But we got back on the winning track. What was the difference Tuesday night uh, versus the other three games, Ryan? Um, I think it was the defense, if I had to say anything, because uh, the defense was able to hold on late in the game, um, something they weren't able to do uh, last week against Toronto. Um, they were down at, by four after, uh, at the half, but they were able to overcome it and keep the – I think they went to the fourth with a five-point lead. And they were able to maintain it, even though both teams, I think they only uh, had like 36 points total in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, so I, I got to say the defense was the reason why we won that game, even though it was a high-scoring game. Uh, what about you, Derek? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the three-point shooting. I mean, you've seen the show we put on in the first quarter, and I mean, it continued quite well throughout the game. And then I just think the ability of the Hawks to close out games and start, you can see it starting to slowly progress and they continue to get better every time they find themselves with the lead in the late game and they're keeping it 
So, I mean, I just, I think that's just how it's going to go. I mean, with a team rebuilding, you're going to have those nights where you look really, really bad. And then you're going to have nights where you look promising for the future. Yeah. Um, Brett, what, what, what did you think? Uh, I mean, I was really impressed with the fast start we had shooting the ball and the defense in the fourth quarter, even though let's kind of get the Lakers forced some tough shots. And, uh, but the Hawks defense was impressed in the fourth quarter. They really didn't have that little, spurt really just lack focus for about four or five minutes the game gets out of hand they really have that this game i was extremely impressed with trey young just not even lacking confidence whatsoever just going at lebron james in the fourth quarter and put a show and seemed like the whole night it was really impressive yeah and we're going to talk more about the lakers here just in a little bit but since starting six and 23 the hawks are 13 and 15. So we've gotten better after that horrible start. Um, how many wins do you guys think we'll finish with this season? I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, so what, we're at 21 now? We're at uh, um, 19, 19, 19. 19. Okay, my bad. Um, I say we'll finish around 27, 28. What about you, Derek? Yeah, I'm going to go on the high. I'm going to say about 28. I think we're going to win a few that we shouldn't. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I'm about the same way, about 20, 28, 29, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 28 and um, what would that be? 28 and 54. Um, I think we'll win some here and there, but we, we won't stay at this little 500 clip that we've been at the last few months. Um, I just think, you know, with, with the Jeremy Lin subtraction, and then you might see Baysmore uh, get shut down with like an ankle injury or something like that, and maybe. Wayne Deadman, you know, like last year, if you you took a look at our at our lineup the last few weeks of last season, it was basically a glorified G League team with Torian Prince. So, yeah, that'd be good to see Torian Prince do good again, but we'll see about that. Um, currently, the Hawks are down sixty-two to fifty-five to the New York Knicks. Uh, they got out the gate awful. It was thirteen to twenty-eight at the end of the first quarter. We got down by as many as 17 and um we just we came back and we tied it right before the half but the knicks have come back out strong here in the third quarter we'll be sure to stick we'll be sure to uh keep you updated as we get closer to the, toward the end of that game so um as for the knicks they come in with an 18 game losing streak matter of fact they haven't won at home since december first at home they've lost 17 straight at home that's that's just insane i couldn't imagine if that ever happened to the hogs i'd just stop going forever 18 in a row at home how does that even happen but of course everything surrounding the knicks is that they're getting zion they're getting kd they're getting this they're getting kyrie they're getting that they're getting kemba they think they're getting anybody they can't even get a win. How are they going to get all these max free agents? But what also a lot of people and even like the, the national media, Bleacher Report, um, ESPN even, people are forgetting. Like, yes, the Knicks are probably going to finish with the worst record in the NBA this season. That gets them an 86% chance of not getting the number one pick. So all these people are acting like it's a foregone conclusion that Zion Williamson is going to New York, not so fast unless we have the frozen envelope scandal again, which wouldn't surprise me. But 
people need to do their research before they start talking. Um, what do you What do you think? What do you What do you all think Zion ends up? Assuming he goes number one, I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, I would hope it would be at the uh, Hawks because we're tanking the right way. Um, we're not going out there and blatantly losing every game. Uh, Pierce has these guys competing every night, no matter who the team is. Um, so if I had to take a guess, um, Hawks. Yeah, and with all my bias, not aside, he deserves to be an Atlanta Hawk. You know, we're, we're the only team doing this the right way out of the bottom five. That's um, us, Cleveland, Chicago, and uh, who am I forgetting? Phoenix and New York, of course. So we're the, we're the only team doing this the right way. We're still trying to compete while doing this full rebuild, and we're not flat out tanking. We have Cleveland pretty much purposely holding out Kevin Love. We have New York making terrible trades. Phoenix is just Phoenix. <laughs> so we're the only team doing this the right way. Let's hope the basketball gods let this pay off on uh, in May. Uh, what do you think, Brett? Well, we're going to go all the way. to go to the Hawks, but I want to say where he does not need to go, and that is Phoenix. Because how many they have, well, they have like four or five top five picks on the roster right now. Oh, Jackson, or Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender, Aiton, and Booker. I mean, they don't need, they obviously have not shown that they can produce or develop the talent they have. So I feel like that would be a terrible place for Zion to go. But yeah, but Hawks are, I think the Bulls will be interesting to see Zion go to. But Levine and Zion, that will be. Two high flyers out there. Yeah, what, what do you think, Derek? It's being pushed so hard. I mean, you can just see it's just being laid out. I mean, I just I think it's going to be rigged for the Knicks, and I think they're going to just go ahead and end up getting the first seed. The NBA and just the media around wants the Knicks, that big market, to be good again. So I, I have a feeling that that's going to happen. I mean, I hope it don't. The Knicks are the definition of a poverty uh, franchise, and I mean – he, Zion deserves better than that. Don't tell all the Knicks fans that in uh, State Farm Arena right now, still supporting their team with their Timberlands and their 18 losses in a row. When they have more losses in a row than they have wins the entire season, almost combined with last season. Shoot. But, um, did I ask you, Ryan? Yes. So uh, <laughs> it's All-Star Weekend, one of my favorite weekends of the year. Uh, it's up in Charlotte. So just a short drive from Atlanta to, unfortunately, Atlanta can never have it because the cheerleaders are more important and they take up all the hotels this weekend. Uh, shout out to all the cheerleaders out there. No offense to y'all, but All-Star Weekend is All-Star Weekend. Um, so we have Hawks littering the entire field of All-Star events, of course, except the game. But I think that's the last year we'll be able to say that for a long time because Trey Young and John Collins will be there in tandem for the next Decade. Let's put money on it. But um, so far, who at the All Star break, um, several players in the NBA are having amazing seasons. Um, who is y'all MVP so far? Starting with you, Ryan. Uh, I'm gonna go Paul George. Just uh, the way he's been playing recently. Um, I think they're two or three in the West. And the West is very uh, competitive this year. Um, I'd have to give it to Paul George. Yeah, what about you, Britt? That's a tough one because you could say, I mean, it's easy to say James Harden 
But Paul Porter just put on a show, but I don't have to go with Giannis because I feel like he is. If you take him off the Bucks, there's no, they're definitely one seed, probably not even the top five or six in the East. I don't think they're the way it is now. Yeah, probably not even the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to go Giannis. Yeah, I'm going to go Giannis. How about you, Brett? Who's your MVP? I mean, uh, Derek. <laughs> Uh, I'm about to go with Ryan. Well, Ryan said I'm going to have to pick Paul George. I mean, his performance this season has just been ridiculous. I mean, he's the top five offensive player and our top three offensive player in the league right now and top three defensive player this season. So, I mean, his play has been impressive, but I'm the only thing is, like Brett said, Giannis, I think, I mean, the Bucks are nowhere without Giannis. I mean, he is that team. So I think it's hard, but I think Paul George does deserve it if the award was handed right now. Yeah, and uh, I'm torn between Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden, but I just can't ignore 36 points per game. I, I don't care what his usage rate is, how much the ball is in his hands. This man has scored 30 points in 31 straight games and has pretty much put the team on his back. I just can't ignore that. But then again, you got uh, Milwaukee on pace for 60 wins with a team completely centered around Giannis and pretty much no second star. I mean, their second best player is Chris Middleton. No disrespect to Chris Middleton. Yeah, he's an all-star, but he's only an all-star because they're on pace for 60 wins and they had to reward them with the second guy. But so I, I got to give it, I got to give it to James Harden. I think he is going to win it. It's going to be close, but unless uh, Giannis or Paul George continues to just go on a crazy streak or something, I think it's pretty much wrapped up. Um, speaking of the actual All-Star game, who do y'all think will be the All-Star game MVP? And what team will win? And give a score prediction, Ryan. Uh, team LeBron will win um, 172 to 151. The All-Star will be... Clay Thompson. Um, what about you, Derek? What do you think? I think I think Team LeBron is going to win. I'm going to give I'm going to give the All Star to Kyrie. I think he'll put on a show. What about you, Brett? I'm going with Team LeBron too. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant for MVP. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. With Team LeBron winning 165 to 151, but the MVP will be Steph Curry in his hometown because he's going to drop 60 and hit 15 threes back in his hometown. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to go off in his hometown. Oh, man. You know, it's going to be a very exciting night in Charlotte, North Carolina. But, uh, Let's get to the actual to the Saturday night contest. Uh, Trey Young is in the skill in the skills contest, and John Collins is in the dunk contest. Any chance these guys bring home some trophies, Derek? I th I think there's a big possibility that Trey Young does uh, win the skills competition. I mean, he's he's one of the most skilled point guards in the league right now, and I mean a big part of winning that is that pass. And I mean, he's one of the best, best passers in the league. So I think he has a chance if he doesn't get that, those rookie nerves. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? 
Yeah, I'm keeping my Hawks bias. Trey Young wins skill contest. John Collins wins dunk contest. Right. Uh, I, I, I do see Trey Young winning the skills challenge, but dunk contest is kind of a, up in there because there's Namadu, whatever it is, like Namadu Diallo for the – I don't even know who he plays for right now, but what do you have like – yeah, yeah. What do you have like the kind of like a close to 15 inch vertical at the combine, the NBA draft combine a couple years ago or last year? So he can jump out the gym, but I'm I'll go with John Collins bringing that home too. Yeah, I tell you, don't sleep on Dennis Smith Jr. either. That little guy has some monies on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as the skills contest, I think Trey Young really has a shot at it. Uh, the dunk contest is going to be interesting. John Collins said he's been working even before the announcement came out. So I think he has some really – he has some tricks up his sleeve and he has some really good people to to help him out in um, Vince Carter and um, Dominique Wilkins by his side. So And he has an amazing passer that will be in the building. So, you know, they have to do the one with that help. So let's see. I, I think he's going to really – I think it's going to be a good show. I, I think, just yeah. hope- I just hope he doesn't come out flat. You know, sometimes, <laughs> like, one of the players just comes out flat, and you're like, really, what, what, what was this? So let's just hope he doesn't come out like that. But like I said earlier, the cheerleaders take up Atlanta every uh, President's Day weekend with their huge conference or competition. That puts us under the number of required hotel rooms needed to host the all-star weekend um apparently that contract ends after next year would y'all like to see the all-star game come to the beautiful city of atlanta yeah i'd love to see it especially with the renovations that uh state farm arena did um i think it'd be great for fans uh to come enjoy the all-star game and all-star festivities with it yeah what about you Brett? What about you, Brett? Oh, yeah, I, I love to have it here in Atlanta. Um, I remember Bob Rafferty, he was talking to the Lakers um, play-by-play announcers, and they said that State Farm Arena is the most beautiful arena in the NBA now. So, obviously, it's growing on a bunch of people. And I think when's the, was the first, I guess, to be 2023 is the next time we have a chance for it to post it. I think that's what it is. I'm not sure, though. But nah, it'll, be, it'll be a while, but I'll love to have it here. Oh, what about you, Derek? Will that make you come come visit the city? <laughs> if somebody's paying for my flight, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll definitely get one. I mean, the new arena that always brings a lot of a lot of attention. So I mean, and I mean, it's looked at as one of the best ones in the NBA right now. So I definitely think it's in the future plans. How about this? We get the All Star game. We can start a fund. We can ask people on Twitter to donate. <laughs> 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 But, yeah, I, I would love, after seeing the amazing show, the amazing festivities that uh, Atlanta put on for Super Bowl weekend, and also we have Final Four next year, we had the college championship last year, Atlanta is the epicenter of events. You know, with, with the arena complexes right down there, nice and centrally located, right in the downtown core, there's so much to do, so much to see. It's a really fun event. Now, what if, what if, uh, remember uh, when Jerry World opened up, they played the All-Star game there in front of 100,000 people. What if we could get 
what if we could get it in uh, Mercedes-Benz, the actual All-Star game, and then have like Saturday night and Friday night in State Farm to still showcase that. I think that would be a beautiful thing. And uh, I think people will come out. I think it'll be a great thing. We definitely need to try to push those cheerleaders to a different weekend. There's 51 other weekends in the in the uh, in the year. There's only one weekend where All Star Weekend is. So let, let's make this happen. You know, let's call up Keisha Lance Bottoms and uh, Adam Silver. Let's get a deal done. Let's get this going. 2021. <laughs> but uh, so let's let's hope to see that happen soon. Um, back to the Lakers. The Lakers at the All-Star break are 28 and 29, under 500, 10th place in the West, two and a half games out of first place. I mean, out of eighth place. And the Kings and Clippers, who are the teams in the eighth and ninth spot right now, aren't really showing any signs of slowing down. Um, what's going on with the Lakers? Are they going to make the playoffs, Ryan? Uh I don't want to see the Lakers make the playoffs. Um, I think that roster they have now is not constructed well enough. Um, and it, after the trade deadline and the rumors came out, I think everyone lost their confidence. Uh, and the uh, the young guys lost their confidence in uh, playing. And uh, and I mean, we all know LeBron on defense. I mean, saw that the other night against the Hawks. So. There's a lot wrong with the Lakers right now. Yeah, I tell you, it looks like they have some trouble coming out some nights now. They have the nights like in Boston where it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but other than that, they just they don't look like they really like each other either. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Brett? Uh, I mean, I think they'll end up making a playoff because the Clippers obviously, I mean, I think we have a lot of protect the first round pick that with somebody. So they obviously – it's their best interest to not make the playoffs as an eight seed at the very least. Um, and but and I don't think the Kings are, are too young. I don't think they're going to keep it up. And I think the LeBron, I never count LeBron. He's going to find a way to get into the playoffs, even if it is an eight seed, and just to get swept by or probably swept or losing five games to the Warriors or even a late start. But who knows? But I think they're going to make the playoffs. Though. Yeah, they're – yeah, I mean, they just look bad. I mean, like Ryan said, they're just not a well-constructed team. And, I mean, they just don't play defense. I mean, that's their biggest problem is on the defensive end. I, Kyle Kuzma might be one of the worst defenders in the league from what I've seen. But I do think after this all-star break, uh, they'll, they'll run off a little run and get back in position. I mean, I don't see LeBron James missing the playoffs due to a young-led De uh, De'Aaron Fox team. I don't think they're ready yet. And then, I mean, the Clippers, they lost some of their core. So I think after the All-Star break, they'll fall down too. And I think the Lakers will find a way to get to the 8-6, maybe maybe 7 spot. Yeah. Um, I just – I hope they don't make it for the jokes. Twitter will be a beautiful place on April 10th if they miss out on the playoffs. Um, but, no, nah, I, I think they'll somewhat get it together. LeBron has a way of willing a team – no matter how fractured that locker room probably is, no matter how much LeBron hate or quote unquote hates uh, Luke Walton or whatever, they'll find a way. They'll make the playoffs. I mean, that team, yeah, it's not well constructed, but they have some talent. They have more talent than the they have more talent than the uh, than uh, the Sacramento Kings. They're gonna make the playoffs now. But what I think, I got to thinking a few weeks ago, or even kind of when it happened. You know, last year. 
the Lakers weren't good, but you could see that young core starting to come together and uh starting to ball and some uh really showing some development around Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. But you know, LeBron came in and that kind of changed expectations and everything. And it kind of got me to thinking, was signing LeBron James even a good idea for the Lakers, Ryan? Uh Depends on who you ask. Uh, you ask the fans, yeah. Uh, you get to see one of the greatest basketball players uh, live in your own town, uh, your own city after uh, being so used to that with, like, Magic Johnson coming in and then you had Kobe follow him and now you have LeBron after a couple of years. And um, But from a basketball fan standpoint, I don't think so because that team, uh, when he came over, they add so many pieces. I, and like I said, I don't think they're well-constructed. Yeah, what about you, uh, Brett? Um, yeah, from a basketball perspective, I don't think it was too smart. And again, like I'm saying the, the roster, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with that roster. I have signed all kinds of different playing styles that just don't fit how LeBron actually plays. And But like you said, the, the young core started to come together a, a whole lot last year. And just throw LeBron into that. I mean, LeBron's uh, all all-time great player, obviously, but just throwing him into if you're trying to gel the young core of that together, has, I don't think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, what about you, Derek? We have, we all know uh, LeBron's your favorite. So. Yeah, I mean, from a, I think uh, I think Magic Johnson felt a little pressured, and he felt the pressure to be good immediately, and doesn't want to didn't want to take the time. And I think it's too early to tell if it was a good or a bad idea. I think it really depends on what happens in this offseason. I think going into the season, they didn't expect that they were going to win something this year. I mean, that's why LeBron signed the four-year deal instead of a little short-term deal. So, I mean, I think it's going to take time, but it's really they have to win. If For it to be worth it, they have to win a ring. And even when they win that ring, I mean, after that, it's definitely going to hurt the future. I mean, they but they probably knew that coming in. I mean, you sign someone like LeBron, it's going to – set you back in the rebuilding year and in the future, and it's going to put you in a rebuilding stage when he leaves. Yeah, I, I actually, I personally hated the move for the Lakers. Uh, I like the move for LeBron. You know, he's that's basically his home now. You know, he's involved in a lot of movie and show production. Um, he loves Hollywood. You know, he wanted to have his kids out there, you know, beautiful sunny weather most of the time. So it's a good move for him. But for the team, it was a terrible thing for the young core. It stymied the development of Lonzo and Ingram. Um, it shot the confidence of the young core by subjecting them to all the trade rumors uh, in the past month or two. And then, of course, nothing happened. So now it's kind of like, well, the young guys probably have no confidence. Like, no, I'm not good enough. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and uh, it forced the young core to pretty much grow up and be players they weren't or weren't ready to be. Uh, in their like second or third years in the league, they're just not ready to be those kind of players. It forced their development, and they're still not a contender. If we take a look at the picture, how many of those teams that the Lakers beat right now in a seven-game series? Exactly, cricket zero right now. I think. I mean, they. I don't think they could beat Houston right now. I don't think they could beat. Um, OKC right now. I don't think they could beat. Well, I, obviously they couldn't beat um, 
the Golden State Warriors. I don't even think they could be Portland in the seven-game series right now. And they dang sure couldn't hang with Denver. Um, Denver is a super team. You need to watch out for Denver. But, yeah, I, I just I, – I, I don't like it. And I think they're going to end up regretting this in the long run. Um, the last thing about the NBA before we move on to our graves, uh, who, who, who is the best team outside of the Warriors? Who is the best team in the NBA right now? Oh, Ryan. Um, I think roster buildup and everything, I'm going to have to go Oklahoma City. Um, the way uh, the roster set up, uh, they got stars, and now they got a couple of players off the bench um, that they, I feel, can make a move and challenge the West. Yeah, what about you, Dick? Uh, yeah, I think I think right now the Thunder are the best team in the league. I mean, they just got better after signing uh, the Morris twin. I mean, I think he's going to help them a lot. But, I mean, they just been on a tear. I think they've won the last 11 of their past 12 games. And, I mean, their defense is just – they're just shutting teams down. And, then I mean, they're scoring at a high pace too. So, I mean, it's fun to watch. And I, outside of the Warriors, I think they're the best team. Right. Yeah, outside the Warriors, definitely Thunder. I believe if Paul George going on his tear and Russell Westbrook going on his historic run that is getting overlooked by James Harden's historic run he's going on in Houston. But, yes, I think it's definitely the Oklahoma City Thunder at West without the Warriors. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it might be the Philadelphia 76ers. That starting lineup, man, that Tobias Harris trade just completely changed the, 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 the dynamic of that team. I think they're the favorites in the East now. Uh, the East playoffs is going to be exciting after the first round. Um, on to our Braves. Spring training, believe it or not, starts this weekend pretty much. Um, not too many battles this year for the Braves, but uh, some of the starting pitching and also the bullpen will be the main areas of focus. So uh, what, what, are you, what are you looking for in spring training from the Braves, Brett? Um, really, I just want to see how the young guys improve. Like, how Acuna is going to show what he, his improvements will be. Albies, I want to see if he's shook off his struggles from doing the last season. Then, obviously, the young pitching staff we have growing up with, uh, like, well, that folk is not too young, but he's young to be a one or two type guy for us. And uh, who's going to take that five spot in the rotation is Soroka, Allard, Tukey. Uh, you're so telling who it's going to be. And obviously, the bullpen, I don't think it's finished yet. Obviously, you get the Craig Campbell rumor starting up now. Uh, it's that picture of him in Orlando. So, that's it. But yeah, that's what I'm looking most forward to for spring training. Yeah, we got to make a little pilgrimage down there and uh, head on down to Disney World and catch the, <laughs> the last year Disney World for spring training. But, uh, uh, Ryan, any any opinions on the Braves heading into spring training? Yeah. Um... They got to figure out their, that fifth spot. Um, and whoever doesn't make it, I think it's going to make an excellent bullpen arm for them. Um, if they can sign Kimbrell with all the rumors uh, circling around right now, I think it gives them a little bit more confidence than uh, Vissiano, I think, is probably going to take that unless I'm wrong. And, Brett, you could correct me. Um, but, I mean – yeah, I think this entire spring training, they need to figure out that, that 
fifth starting pitcher, and then they'll be good to go. Yeah, uh, Derek, I, I would ask you about the Reds, but nobody cares about the Reds. So I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna. I mean, I, I watched a few, but I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how those young guys play. I mean, I, my opinion and my little knowledge on MLB. I mean, I think they were a step of head, a year ahead of what they should have been. So I mean, it's really gonna be, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how well they progress this season. It's gonna be an interesting spring, to say the least. Uh, not too many uh, roster battles like we've seen in previous seasons, but. You know, there's all there's always moves that could happen. You know, they might not be done, but uh, the Braves won the NL East pretty comfortably last year. You know, Washington and um, Philadelphia really fell off the face of the earth in September and even August. But the NL East this year, it's greatly improved. Um, are the Braves still? Are they the favorites? Have they regressed? Are they are they still in this race? You know, what's what's going on? Can we can we go back to back, Brett? That's going to be tough, but again, it's hard to say right now. With I don't know if I'm getting this a little bit later, but like Harper, Harper we don't know if he's going to be on the Phillies or even Washington still. We don't know if Machado is going to be on the Phillies. But as it sits right now with all the roster set, it's going to be tough. I, the real Muta thing, I think, kind of the ties a little bit over the Philadelphia. Then you have the Mets who acquired Diaz and Cano from Seattle, but on um, their it's going to be, I feel like if the young guys do step up, how Acuna continues because he don't had his short rookie season. He's in a league of his own. I feel like up there, potential to be a top player in baseball. So I feel like if he takes that next step close to being that top level player he can be, I feel like we have a good chance to go back to back. Yeah, who's winning the NL East, Ryan? Um, if I had to take a guess right now, I would take the New York Mets. Um, they made some good moves I like this offseason. Um, Edwin Diaz is a lights-out closer. He showed that in Seattle, um, so that helps with their bullpen. Um, if they can avoid injuries like uh, unlike last year, I think they could potentially compete for the NL East. But I also think the Braves might finish third because I think Philly could uh, jump them this year. What are the Braves finishing uh, there? They're finishing first, man. You already know that. Yeah, I think the Braves are not done making moves. And um, I think Bob will co-sign this with me. Um, and, then, hey, be on the lookout, guys, for Bob's show on the Braves coming up daily. Uh, but I, I think the Braves aren't done. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys still out there. Uh, Harper, Kimbrough, et cetera, uh, with, free, with, with training camp, spring training starting. A lot of the main guys are still out there. And, you know, the Braves aren't out until those guys put on the other jersey. Now, you know, there's, there's the rumors out there that, that my management doesn't want to spend any money or things things like that. And hopefully that's not true because we're trying to win championships here. We built this beautiful new stadium. Uh, let's go get some banners. In. But uh, with all the free agents unsigned, with uh, spring training opening up, there's starting to be some rumblings that the, the player camps really aren't happy and that the MLB could be going toward a labor dispute in 2021 when the current contract runs out. Um, Brett, what, what do you think about this? Is the MLB in trouble? This, this is a big issue because you can't have your 
best players, like, I understand like, maybe one or two, maybe even two big free agents just sitting out there with sorry spring training, but to have players like Harper, Machado, Kimbrell, all kinds of talent out there. ESPN showed a ro- the like a roster. They could have a little all-star roster full of the free agents right now. They're still on sign-ins. I think it's a big mess. You got Keiko out there still. I mean, it's, it's it is a big mess, and it, it's going. I guess it's probably going to end up in a lockout potentially when that rolls around. It's, it's a big mess. Yeah, it's it, it's not looking too good. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I had this discussion with Bob a little bit ago. Um, this it probably will go to a lockout, but uh, they also need to realize these players—they're asking for huge contracts. Like, uh, I think Harper wanted a ten-year deal. Um, I don't think money is an issue for teams since there's no salary uh, cap floor in the MLB. I just think teams don't want to get stuck in bad contracts. If you look at the Albert Pujols one, he signed a ten-year deal with uh, LA, and. In year five or six or seven, he can hardly play or hardly uh, produce anymore. So uh, teams have seen that, and they don't want to be stuck in these bad contracts where you now have to hope uh, they can do something, especially with the NL because they don't have a DH um, yet. Um, So it's tough. Yeah, uh, Derek, you think MLB? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's really weird that these big names have not signed yet with this close to the season. I mean, that's obviously going to cause a problem in the future. So, I mean, I agree with what Brett and, uh, Brett and Ryan said. Yeah, I really think the MLB could be headed toward the lockout. Hopefully we don't lose any games, but it, it's coming. It's looking more and more likely as each day goes on that these major players aren't signed. They – they really need to do some restructuring there. Um, but hopefully our Braves, they can get it together and bring home a ring. You know, hopefully Atlanta United open up the floodgates. Off to our Dirty Birds. The Falcons made a few moves this week, Simon Bruce Carter and Steve Means. Are the Falcons headed in the right direction, Brett? I mean, yeah, you need obviously we need some depth, and they're quality players towards the end of the season last year, so it's good to keep them around. But again, it's hard to be heading in the wrong direction when you're getting players like Keanu Neal back, Deion Jones fully healthy now for a full season, Devontae Freeman, and you get a 14th overall pick in the first round. Yeah, you're gonna get hopefully an Ed Oliver type player sitting there. So I, I think it's gonna be extremely hard to head in the wrong direction this off season because unless you, it's set Stan Pat and don't sign a guy. Like I heard, like D fours as an option for us. That'll be a big signing. But I mean, it's, they're heading in the right direction for sure. I think. Yeah, Derek, I'm heading in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's good to see that we're signing more uh, pass rushers that can get to the quarterback. I mean, we needed that, and like Ryan said, we need to give more depth to our roster. I mean, we've seen what happened when we had a lot of injuries. We lacked depth, and I mean. People didn't step up when we needed them to. So, I mean, it's good to see that we're signing guys like this that can make an immediate impact for the team next season. Yeah, a big thing with the Falcons, it's, it's mainly just health and the, um, the offensive and defensive line. So, what do you think, Ryan? Are we headed in the right direction? Yeah, I think uh, we are. Uh, with cutting uh, Alfred and Brooks the other week, 
and unpopular opinion, I think cutting Matt Bryant uh, was good. Uh, and then signing those two rotational guys uh, this week. Um, and then I think we'll be more active in free agency this year than we have been compared to other years. Um, and you could also tell that Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov know uh, this is the year they have to do something because they have to be on the hot seat. So they're finally letting go or restructuring bad contracts, and uh, they're going to fix this thing. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the Falcons, they just they got to do what they got to do. You know, the Matt Bryan cut, it sucked, but it is what it is. Fred, are we headed in the right direction? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we are. And uh, but um, like, like they all, everybody else said we do. We have of all the cuts we have to. Obviously, this is going towards Grady Jarrett and his big contract he's going to receive. But who else are we going to add on the defensive line? Like I said, we need to get a player like D four to be great, or you know, someone on the offensive line. The offensive line was just miserable last year. Outside of Jake Matthews, it was just miserable. And um, part of that was due to injuries again, but. And also having Devontae Freeman out, you know, he's not the best pass blocker. He just, but he has a good running vision, probably a little bit better than Coleman's. And so that kind of hurt the running, rushing numbers a little bit last year. But um, yeah, I think we're heading in the right direction, though. Yeah. Um, as for a team that did not head in a, in a direction last weekend, the Atlanta Legends got off to not so legendary start. They got decimated by Orlando. 40 to six in their opening game. Now, a lot of this maybe could be contributed to just the kind of patching offseason that they had. You know, Michael Vick was supposed to be the offensive coordinator that didn't exactly work out. Um, Coach Brad Childress ended up leaving shortly before the season. So that didn't work out. You know, the team probably came in not very prepared. What were your thoughts for those who watched, Ryan? Oh, watching the Legends was tough last weekend. Um, it didn't look like the offense was clicking whatsoever. Um, I think Matt Sims ended up getting replaced by Aaron Murray in the fourth quarter. But uh, they, they had a bad time. I turned the ball over and uh, resulted in getting blown out. Eric, did you catch any of the Atlanta Legends? Yeah, I watched as much as I could because I had to turn it off because, I mean, that game was just terrible. Um, and like you said, I mean, it just seems like the team's a mess right now. I mean, you don't even know who the offensive coordinator was going to be a week before they played. And it's just a weird situation because there's still stuff going on with Michael Vick. Some people think he's going to be the offensive coordinator, and then some people think he's broadcasting somewhere. So I don't know. It's just all a big mess. Yeah, Brett, uh, what do you think about your legends? Oh, it was rough. It was extremely rough. But again, it was kind of not a good setup for a first-time head coach, I believe Kevin Coy is, and to go up against Steve Spurrier, who's been coach. I mean, of course, he's been out of coaching for the past few years, but he's got a whole resume full of historic coaching turns in his career. And uh, so it wasn't a good matchup to begin with. But again, the offense looked terrible. It was due to all the all the coaching changes on throughout their both sides, but who knows? It, it was not pretty. Hopefully we'll see some improvement in week two. Yeah, at least they know what they need to work on, and that's everything. Yep. We'll see how week two is in game week. So, hey, we can still go nine and one. 
But uh, there, give us a quick update on UGA basketball. How's their season going? Uh, this season is going terrible. I mean, they have not played well at all. I have. I don't think they've won maybe one game in the SEC right now uh, in the conference play. So that, I mean, you know how that is. But um, they are headed in the right direction for the future. Um, we just got a commitment. For Anthony Edwards, who is projected to be in the top three uh, in the NBA draft in 2020. So I think that is a step in the right direction for Tom Crean. And I mean, he I think next season is more of something that you can evaluate his coaching on because it's going to be some of his recruits coming in. Um, he did make a terrible statement after a press conference at their game uh, the other day where he he pretty much spoke bad on the players that are on the team and said he made a mistake by keeping them. So I think that could hurt some of his potential in recruiting. And I mean, I'm not high on Tom Crean anyways. So, but with the, with the number one guy come picking a, picking a school like Georgia over other top nation teams like Duke and Kentucky, I mean, I think that's big for the organization. Yeah. Before we swing over to Georgia Tech, they're, uh, Either y'all have anything you want to add about UGA? Oh, I do. Yeah, I was glad. To, I mean, as much as I hate to see them play the country go to Georgia, I'm glad to actually see an in-state kid actually stay home for once and try to put the team of Georgia back on the map a little bit. Like he, like he said, he wants to put the UGA back on the map. And um, we got the Tech fan at Hurts, but it's the first time the top player in Georgia has actually stayed in-state since I think Derek Favors did it all the way back when he went to Tech. and uh, But it's going to hurt seeing him over there with Georgia probably dominate us next year. But it's, it's all right. I'm glad to see the top guy actually stay in safe points. Yes, finally. Uh, got our Georgia Tech guys here. Uh, Brett and Ryan, how's Georgia Tech's uh, season going? I want to start. Well, our, you can go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead and take it. Yeah, so um, this season has not been kind um, from the start. We've lost games that we should have won. We've lost close games that we could have won. And then we've been blown out occasionally. Um, you could tell that losing Okogi this past summer to the NBA has hurt our offense because we don't have that go-to guy. Um, Jose Alvarado is trying his best, but he's in the middle of a cold streak. I think he's 0 for 31. I'm not mistaken if I read that right. Um, but And then we, the offense is turning the ball over left and right. So. Yeah, Brett, you had anything to add about that? Oh, yeah, it's just been a rough season. It started off, I mean, I have expected to be a decent team. And then we had that big win in the carry dome at Syracuse. Y'all got excited. And then we had that game we should have won against at home against number nine, Virginia Tech at the time. Should have won that one. So we're all getting excited about that. Went up, the, up to Duke and had Duke. We were up eight by eight at Duke and have about halfway through the second half. And then the wheels fell off there. And then ever since that, it's been all downhill. And recruiting and basketball has been an absolute nightmare this year. It's not looking good right now over there for Georgia Tech basketball, but thank God baseball season starts for Tech tomorrow. So, yeah, and football. Uh, no, football's looking. <laughs> football's looking extremely up. Uh, Jeff Collins getting all getting all the branding on social media going, getting recruits to come and visit from Georgia Tech from all over. Play 
the number one offensive lineman in the country for 2020 come visit from Ohio not too long, but a couple weekends ago. So that's, things are looking up for football, but basketball is not looking too good. Now, the, the self-proclaimed best team in Georgia, uh, Georgia State Panthers, uh, after coming off to a rocket start, they've lost a few uh, wonderful games as of late, including one that was on national TV against uh, Louisiana. Uh, so they're really slipping in the Sun Belt lately. They're expected to run away with that team, with, with that uh, conference. And then uh, KSU, they got to win this week. Yeah, those come very far. Got one. <laughs> uh, it's been a long season. It's been a long decade. It's been a long existence for KSU's basketball program. So they'll get that together soon. Our Atlanta United wrapped up their preseason. Uh, they finished with a two win and two draws in Southern California, where it seemed like every time I saw a picture or anything, it was storming. So, so much for Southern California. <laughs> but the big news surrounding the Atlanta United camp is the rumored trade demand from Darlington Nagby. That would be a huge loss, uh, supposedly. He wants to go to Columbus Crew to play with his former coach that coached him in Portland, where they won MLS Cup in 2015. And he also coached him back in Ohio at uh, Akron University or University of Akron. I, I don't know, whatever the hell it is. But uh, that was his coach there, too. And now he's the coach of Columbus Crew. So apparently he wants to go there. Don Tanabe, he's a, he's a family guy. So his family is in Ohio. and He wants to go home. So... I mean, he came here, he was a huge part in our championship, but um, it's just really bad timing because we have a game a week from now. A week from now, Atlanta United will be playing in a serious game in uh, Costa Rica in uh, the round of 16 and CCL play. So things, you know, it's go time. So in preparation for this, Darlington Abbey hasn't been playing with the first team because, I mean, we need to – we need to figure out how we're gonna, you know, how we're gonna make our lineup now. So it's it's a big deal. But you know, we lost Miggy, of course, but Pity Martinez has been looking great. You know, we got the Martinez duo for our new uh, fusion. So we'll see how that goes. I really think Atlanta United has a solid chance to repeat. You know, the East really isn't that good around us. DC is okay. New York kind of fell off. Um, both New York's really kind of fell off. Columbus is good. That might be the second best team in the East right now. But, you know, stick with us. We'll have full Atlanta United coverage. Let's get into a little buy or sell before we get on out of here. Russell Westbrook just recorded his record, leading 10th straight triple-double. And James Harden just hit 41 games with 30 points or more in a row. Buy or sell? Is James Harden from better than Russell Westbrook? Oh, oh me or right, me? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a seller. I, Westbrook's, like you said, he's never, we never seen this before. He just broke. He's a, on a streak. He's, I don't know, if, I'm gonna check his stats for tonight if he's on pace to get it again tonight, but. We've seen this before. I mean, we've only seen like Wilt Chamberlain do what Harden's doing before, but we've never seen a person do what Westbrook's done. So I'm just selling that. Yeah, what about you, Ryan? 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Brett. I'm buying uh Westbrook's triple double streak over uh Harden's thirty point streak, even though averaging thirty six points a game is impressive. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh Westbrook's streak. I mean, like Brett said, this we've never seen this be done, and I mean. Yes, the James Harden thing is really impressive. I mean, I think he's probably going to keep it going, maybe even the rest of the season, regular season. But, I mean, the usage rate obviously comes into play. I mean, he gets a lot of their shots. But I think the Russell thing, I mean, we've never seen anyone do this, and we might not ever see anyone do this again. Yeah, uh, I got to go with Russell Westbrook. Um, people, people think it's easy. It's not easy to get. 10 rebounds that often as a point guard that consistently so uh the first week of the american the the, the new football conference was uh last week buy or sell this thing actually working out i'm gonna go ahead and buy it uh you had a lot of people tune in and uh people have actually said this is their team going forward and with as much as Americans love football, I think this could last for a while. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I feel like it's going to be around for a while even when the XFL comes in. I think AFF is still going to be around for a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy it. Derek? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to buy it. I think they'll be around for a few years. I mean, I think they're starting to bring in some big names. I mean, the coaches like Steve Spurrier is in there. And then, I mean, I've just seen a report that uh, – a team had interest in Colin Kaepernick, and there's been talks with that. So that would be big for him. But I think a big important thing is just to get the XFL out of here. We don't need the third one. So for the AFF to succeed, I mean, they would have to overdo them. I got to put it on layaway. Let's see what these numbers look like for the second week. They had strong first week numbers. Let's see what the second week numbers look like. Um, Liberty Media says the Braves are profitable despite not going after many freight Free agents, buy or sell ownership being serious, uh, Ryan. I'm selling. Uh, I think I'm, they're going to eventually have to go out and spend the big money uh, that they're not used to doing. And uh, so, right? No, yeah, that's just that's the easy sell. You got to spend money. I mean, or I guess you can see like the Warriors the, on the for the NBA. The Warriors they did draft and then developed their talent. Now they're the one of the most expensive franchises in all of sports right now. So there is, I guess there is a way, but I'm going to sell it still. There. Yeah, I'm going to sell it, especially in the MLB. I mean, you got to spend money to be good. Yeah, I got to sell. Uh, Liberty Media, they just don't seem like they're too serious about actually spending and willing to compete for championships. But um, we'll end it with shout-outs first. We got to shout out the New York Knicks fans because they can pop their champagne because their losing streak is seconds away from being over. And it comes to the hands of our very own Atlanta Hawks. So we get to we get to have that taste in our mouth for the next week and a half since it's all-star break. <laughs> but uh, let's get our shout outs and get on out of here. Uh, start with you, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I just got to shout out everyone that's uh, in the chat that uh, took the time out tonight and listened. Uh, I want to also shout out everyone that reads the content that we put out uh, daily. Uh, we're doing the best we can to get you the news uh, and become one of the biggest sites out there. Great. 
I want to sh- uh, shout out to the viewers and all the people that read the articles that Ryan said. And then I got to shout out on boy Joe Kogi with the strip last night on James Harden and then just absolutely stuffing him on that step back three. And then, of course, I got to shout out my boy, Slow Georgia Line, dropping the album tonight at midnight. I got to give them a shout out. Shout out everybody that's uh, tuned in and that continues to tune in. We definitely appreciate the support and hope that you keep coming and bring your friends, invite them, tell them to watch and to come to the site and read some of our work. Yeah, uh, I definitely I got to shout out everybody listening. Shout out Bob, get well soon. Um, shout out Game Time Radio. Make sure y'all check that out. Just shout out the whole site in general. ATLSportsHQ.com. Make sure you go there. Don't just go to the homepage. Check out everything we got to offer. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us five-star ratings. You know, interact with us. Ask us questions. Hey, come write for us. You know, we could use writers. Or even if you don't want to write, we got other things you can do. You can be a promoter. You can be a tweeter. Uh, you can be whatever you want. You know, if you, you feel like you can bring something new to the team that we ain't that we're not doing right now. Let us know. Shoot, we're we're open to anything. You know, we're we're, we're trying to be the go-to source for all things Atlanta sports. So be sure to check us out and um, give us a shout. You know, let us know what we can do better. Um, let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Um, and send us. Send us your suggestions. But thank you guys for tuning in. I'm ATL Phil. Y'all have a great night.